You're listening to the Wellspring Podcast. I'm Caleb Williams, the worship leader and prayer room coordinator of Wellspring Community. This week's message was given by Pastor David Williams. It's about Christ's resurrection, the seismic shift it made, not only in our hearts and lives when we encountered him for the first time, but also in the divine storyline of God's heart for the world. Enjoy. Amen. I'd like to invite you to listen to what the Golden Tongue preacher John Chrysostom preached many, many Resurrection Sundays ago. He says, Let no one fear death, for the Savior's death has set us free. He that was taken by death has annihilated it. He descended into hell and he took hell captive. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, hell, where is your victory? Christ is risen, and you are overthrown. Christ is risen, and the demons are fallen. Christ is risen, and angels rejoice. Christ is risen, and life reigns. Christ is risen, and not one dead remains in the tombs. For Christ being raised from the dead has become the first fruits of them that slept. To him be glory and dominion through all the ages of ages. Hallelujah. And that uh, sermon uh, reminds us of this incredible Christian greeting. Every Resurrection Sunday that you hear all across the globe, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. So when the women arrived at the tomb as the first day of the week was dawning, we are taught, this in other words, is the day of new creation. We are told that they encountered it. God that brings death, uh, literally the principalities and powers to their knees. On the day of resurrection, when the woman, women arrive at the empty tomb, the angel of the Lord proclaims the good news of Jesus' resurrection, telling them four things that forever change the way we understand the resurrection and celebrate as well as walk in resurrection life and hope today. So I want to highlight these four things that the angel shares with the women. And each one of these are a highlight or an aspect, if you will, of our resurrection faith to this very day. The first thing is do not be afraid. Say, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. That's the good news, beloved, in a nutshell. Hallelujah. The resurrection brings joy to those who receive and respond to the good news. However, and it's interesting, it's highlighted in this incredible story, the good news of Christ's resurrection actually makes the powers of death and the powers of evil shudder. They are afraid, and they better be afraid. Hallelujah. Caesar's soldiers shook, as with, and they're like dead men, trembling in the presence of the Holy One. The ones who killed the Son of God are now as good as dead. What a, an incredible reversal. They that seem to hold all the power and might to destroy the Son of God on a Roman cross are standing there in the midst of a heavenly being, 
falling dead, shaking and trembling in utter fear. In Matthew, we're told that on the day of resurrection, there's an earthquake. And this is unique in Matthew's gospel. There was an earthquake on the day that Jesus died at Calvary in the previous chapter, if you remember, that we heard read to us on Good Friday. And there is an earthquake on the day that Jesus rose from the dead. And this word for earthquake is seismos. It's where we get the word seismic and seismograph. It's Matthew's way of saying that since the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, nothing will ever be the same again. God is on the move to literally dismantle the powers of darkness and death. History now stands on the fault line of B.C. and A.D. and the earth shook. We have no need to be afraid as God's people of resurrection hope for God's perfect love in us through His Spirit of life casts out fear. 1 John chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. So I just ask you today, what are you afraid of? Are you afraid that nothing in your life and in our world will ever really change? People of resurrection hope no better. We know that this isn't all there is. There's a day of the Lord coming, the age to come, when heaven and earth will meet and kiss and there will be a resurrection day for all the saints of glory. And we will rule and reign on earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah, in the millennial kingdom. Winston Churchill once said, history can be a great teacher, yet most of the time we simply brush ourselves off and learn nothing at all. Is that the way we've treated the resurrection, beloved? Here is God's great reversal of human history, the dismantling of death, God's great triumph over sin and death. And what do we do? We, we get up, we brush ourselves off, we don't on some new clothes, we come to church, we leave worship and continue living our lives as if nothing of any earth-shaking significance has really happened at all. This is the truly the sad state of Christ's church today. We are oblivious, beloved, to the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Interesting, we like to believe that you can have Easter and still have the world as it was yesterday. We want to have Easter and still have our world unrocked by resurrection. We are well adjusted. We are comfortable with the way things are. Nothing ever really changes, we say to ourselves. It all remains the same. Don't be afraid, the angel says. For those of us who are the fearful guardians of the death-dealing pandemic, the economic crisis, political unrest, shaking in our boots like dead men, Jesus is alive! Hallelujah! And his, as His resurrection people, we have not received a spirit of fear, beloved. But God has given us resurrection power and love and of a sound mind. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. You know, I think that 
That's part of the reason why Matthew says that at the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the whole earth shook. He wants to get our attention. Beloved, this present evil age isn't all there is. The powers that crush Jesus don't have the last word after all. Glory to God. The last note in the song and dance of salvation is resurrection, beloved. For Matthew, the whole earth shook as much as I like the cute spring things of this season. Easter isn't candy, bunnies, chicks, and eggs, dearly beloved. Easter is an earthquake. Glory to God, the earth shook on the first day of the dawning of the week. God's new creation is bursting forth in living color, dismantling and disarming the principalities and powers. I know you like my living color uh, tie today. My wife blessed me with this about two years ago. Hallelujah. It's pretty, isn't it? (laughs) Got to wear it, man, at least once a year. Glory to God. As Paul the Apostle writes in Colossians chapter 2, Beloved, through Jesus' death and resurrection, Christ disarmed principalities and powers, and he made a spectacle, a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them. In it, in the cross and resurrection, the powers of death have been defeated. That's why I can walk into every hospice room and stand at the casket of every casket of every dead person and declare the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that through his life, through his death and his resurrection, we shall The powers of death have been destroyed. We have a living hope, the Apostle Peter says. Hallelujah, don't be afraid, the angel says to us today. The world as we know it will never (laughs) be the same. It's shifted, everything has shifted. Do not be afraid. He isn't here, say he isn't here. He isn't here. The good news of the resurrection is that Jesus is alive. Glory to God. You know, the angel didn't come down. He didn't come down and remove the stone so Jesus could get out of there. (laughs) No, he removed the stone so we could get in there. Glory to God. There are things that need to be filled in our lives, and we need this tomb, if you will, this tomb to be stuffed with the resurrection life of the Holy Spirit. He wants to get into you and me, dear, dearly beloved. He isn't here. According to the Apostle Paul, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. 1 Corinthians 15, 20. Death does not have the last word after all. Death has been rendered powerless. It's the defeated foe. Again, in the words of Paul, where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? 1 Corinthians 15, 55. I shared with you this morning that when the risen Christ reveals himself to John the Revelator, he says, do not be afraid. There it is. Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead. I was dead. And now look, I am alive. I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death 
and hell. That means I have authority. Hallelujah. The first and the last word of the risen Christ is life. Hallelujah. This commentary that I, I was reading from this week, I, I thought, man, I, this, this is a, a powerful word that I thought I'd share with you today. Let me pull it up on my phone. It's good to have a phone sometimes. He is not here. He has been raised just as he said, the angel says. It says that this text actually utilizes the divine passive to imply that God himself has raised Jesus from the dead. And this is the reason and nothing else, he says, for his absence for his absence in is, uh, and nothing else, for his absence in the tomb. All has been predicted by Jesus in this gospel story in chapter 16, 17, and 20. It's unfurled in the passion narratives in chapter 26 and 27 and culminating in the resurrection in this passage in chapter 28. Jesus' resurrection in other words, has become the bedrock of Christian faith, the center of its proclamation and the source of its future hope. It was fundamental for the apostolic preaching in the, in the Acts of the Apostles in chapter 3, 4, and 13 of Acts and foundational for faith, practice, and eschatology as outlined by Paul in 1 Corinthians 15. And that is literally talking about the end times. Uh, it points to the reality of life eternal, life in the age to come. In Matthew's gospel, Jesus' death and resurrection, beloved, is a victory. He overcame the powers of sin, death, and the grave. Resurrection is the fact of our faith. The tomb is empty. He isn't here He's alive. The story is told uh, that one year at a famous university, a professor spoke for two and a half hours proving that the resurrection of Jesus was historically improbable. And this is pervasive in many universities all across this nation today. He quoted scholar after scholar and book after book, and he concluded that since there was no such thing as a historical resurrection, the religious tradition of the church was groundless. It was emotional mumbo-jumbo because it was based on a relationship with a risen Jesus who, in fact, he said, never rose from the dead in any literal sense. He then asked if there were any questions after about 30 seconds, an old black preacher with a head of short crop, woolly white hair stood up in the back of the auditorium. Doctor, so-and-so, I got one question. He said, as all the eyes turned toward him, he reached into his sack lunch and he pulled out an apple and he began eating it. Doctor, crunch munch. My question is a simple question. Crunch munch. Now, I ain't never... Read them books you read, crunch munch, and I can't recite the scriptures in the original Greek. I don't know nothing about Niebuhr and Heidegger. Crunch munch, he finished the apple. All I want to know is, this apple I just ate, was it bitter? 
or sweet? The professor paused for a moment. He answered in exemplary scholarly fashion, I cannot possibly answer that question, for I have not tasted your apple. The white-haired preacher dropped the core of his apple into his crumpled paper bag, and he looked up and he said calmly, Neither have you tasted my Jesus. <laughs> the angel said, He isn't here. He's been risen. He's been raised from the dead. Come and see for yourselves He isn't here. That's the fact of our faith. The tomb is empty. Don't let anyone ever rob you of that truth today, beloved. He isn't here. Come and see. Say, come and see. The, the women, the two Marys in Matthew's gospel, are the first to come to the empty tomb. They, they come to see, which is unique in Matthew's gospel. In Mark, it says that they come to tomb with spices to prepare a dead body. But in Matthew, these women seem to have a little more insight than that. Do they come to see maybe a living body? Perhaps. I think so. These are the same women, beloved, think about it, who have sat at the feet of Jesus. They've listened to his teachings. They've apparently taken seriously the words of Jesus when he told them three times that he would go to Jerusalem, that he would suffer, that he would die, and on the third day he would rise again. Hallelujah. Unlike in Mark's gospel, they've come to the tomb to see and experience and a living and victorious Christ for themselves. Why have you come today? Have you come to see and experience a risen Lord, a living Christ? I believe that you're here for much the same reason they came to the empty tomb. Praise the Lord! I'm so glad that Resurrection Sunday really means that much to you. In Matthew, the good news of the resurrection is an invitation, beloved, to experience and see for ourselves. The women come to the tomb to see and to witness the power of the resurrection. That should be the posture of our faith, to come and see. Well, I already got it all figured out. Well, good for you. Some of us are still coming to see week after week day after day, to get more of all that God has done for us in Christ. It is the mystery of our faith. In Matthew's gospel, to see, beloved, is to deeply understand what Jesus' life, message, death, and resurrection is all about for disciples who truly worship and follow after Him. Come and see. Go and tell. Say, go and tell. Go and tell. The good news of Jesus' resurrection is a call for us to tell others what we have seen and heard for ourselves. 1 John uh, chapter 1, John reminds us that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our very own eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest, and we have seen it and testified to it, 
and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you also. So what do you share? You share what you have come to experience in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit in your own personal life. Has it made a difference? Has the resurrection made a difference in your life today? The women, they actually became the first preachers of the good news of Christ's resurrection in Matthew's gospel, not the men. Isn't that interesting? Well, thank you, Lord, for women preachers. Glory to God. I just had to give that little punch for some women today. Glory to God. Some of the most powerful women preachers uh, in the history of the church have shifted things uh, in the life of the body of Christ, and they continue to do so. Go and tell doesn't only mean that we say all the right words, that we get the message polished perfectly. It simply means that we live the newness of life for which we speak of, the life of the new creation. Others should see in our lives, hallelujah, come on, the newness of life that is promised in the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. In the words of the Apostle Paul, we who once were dead in sins and trespasses have been made alive together in Christ. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 and 5. We should then walk in newness of life. Romans chapter 6, verse 4. Don't be afraid. He isn't here. Come and see. Go and tell. As I said earlier in Matthew, Easter is an earthquake. When Jesus Christ died and rose from the dead, there was a seismic shift in world history and creation. The cosmos manifested the witness. The creation witnessed to the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Sometimes the Lord gets our attention when things get shaken in creation. The Lord is trying to shake us up, by, uh, b beloved He's trying to get our attention in this hour. There's a great day of coming. Those preachers of the old time, they knew what they were talking about. And you and I have an opportunity today to be awakened. Awaken. Arise from the dead. Christ will shine on you. This is an hour in which a lot of things are shaken up. The Lord is speaking to us, beloved. Be mindful of what the Lord is saying and how He's speaking through creation as it's groaning for its redemption in this hour. Death doesn't have the last word. The world will never be the same again. There's a great day a coming, beloved. You know, the earth shook in my life on August 7th, 1988. That's when the fault line of my life moved. The seismograph of my life showed signs of an earthquake. Hallelujah, it didn't happen all at once, but the people in that little house church began to see a change in my life. It was predicted that by the age 18, I would end up in trouble with the law, potentially in jail, and strung out on drugs, living a life of self-destruction. 
And I was indeed headed in that direction. But something happened, dearly beloved. Easter happened. The resurrection shook my little life in that little house church in Mabelville, Arkansas. I just love it. You don't even know where that's at, do you? You know, that's why there are good things that happen in small places, unforeseen places. As the Apostle Paul writes, Beloved, I became a new creation. I literally began the life of partnering with God's new creation, unleashed and unfolding in the earth today. So then if anyone is in Christ, that person is part of the new creation. The old things have gone away. And look, new things have arrived. New things have arrived. 2 Corinthians 5.17, the earth shook. And my life has never been the same for me. My wife and my kids are the little aftershocks of what happened when the earth shook on that day. My mom, my dad, and my stepdad are the little aftershocks of what happened when the earth shook on that day. My brother and my sister are the little aftershocks of what happened when the earth shook on that day. How did we sing it this morning? He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. What about you today? Do you have the testimony? Do you have the witness of Christ's resurrection deep in your bones? Has the resurrection made a difference in your life? Has it shook some things up in you? Has it turned you around? (laughs) Hallelujah. Maybe. Some of us need to fall dead. Come on, let's go lower. Let's die deeper death today. Amen. So we can be raised to new life in Christ. I want to invite Caleb, if you would come. I want to invite you to hear the good news again on this Resurrection Sunday, no matter how often you've heard it, year after year, I invite you to hear it once again. Go and tell a world entombed in fear and death Do not be afraid. Go and tell what you see and hear. He's not here. He's risen from the dead. And because he lives, that makes all the difference in the world. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of the good news.